I do enjoy having Roy Kent back as a coach, though. I do, too. I mean, Roy Kent's just the best character yeah. in love. the show. I love, love his whole kind of, like, you know, sunshine and the grump dynamic he has with Kiwi. Yeah. I wish I could, I wish I could have a voice like Roy's. Just growl and yeah. say, yeah. Always be at, like, the, the end of your patience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I fucking loved the, the Christmas episode where he's just knocking on people's houses. Yeah. Are you a fucking dentist? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that was scintillating enough. I'm going to be honest with you. You didn't think that would that could I don't the think that we real? did anything that was funny. We talked about... The we, listeners will be like, hey, they watched Ted Lasso. Like, we might maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, guys, someone's got to start, like, just using this as an opportunity to, to sort of audition their tight 90 or their tight 5. All right. Five. Uh, What's the deal with airplane <laughs> food? He jokes. Ah, <laughs> uh, used to be you got a steak. Welcome to another episode of Why Did We Watch This, the podcast where three friends sit down with a troubled movie, have a themed drink, and talk about what was good, what was bad, what we could do better. I'm your host for this week's mini episode, Lee Delahanty. I'm Chris Ravel. Brendan Drischler here. <laughs> Piping in. <laughs> Piping in from the coast. And again. And, uh, There's a real storm we- brewing out here. Two weeks from now, we'll be uh, doing our next movie, which will be 2011's The Art of Getting By. Right. Starring Freddie Highmore, Emma Roberts, some other people, mm-hmm. uh, who probably don't matter. Um, uh, Rita Wilson's in it, I think. Is it? Oh, yeah. Is she? She's his mom. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, directed by Gavin Weeson, also written by. Oh, that's always that. again a good sign. Always a good as sign. As we learned today, yeah, usually a say, good sign. <laughs> good relationship to what direct we're talk your pet about project. Yeah. Have no one tell you no. Sure. Yeah. Um, now this is a movie about uh, getting by and, uh, <laughs> and the not, art of it, not putting in any effort, and just sort of like let it, you know cruising through life. Yeah. So, what are we drinking for this movie? I don't know. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We get time. Listen, we're gonna get by. Yeah, yeah. With whatever's with, I think with whatever's there, we'll watch this movie and we'll learn the art of getting by, and we'll that'll it, inspire yeah. us. To we'll do be like, it. hmm, yeah. I think I know the drink. Yeah. So we'll, to 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 like really um, ruin the sort of nice subtle way we were saying that we we're just gonna like wing it. not think about it, and uh, yeah, when it comes time to record, we're just gonna look at what we have in our bar and try to come up with a nice drink. Yep. We got some mixers. We got plenty of alcohol. We'll mm-hmm. figure it out. We're at least gonna draw the line at like we're not just gonna make a gin and tonic. And no, no, no. It's gonna no, be, it's gonna, gonna have a little. It's gonna be a little original. I think. Right. Yeah, yeah. it's gonna be a good drink. Yeah, we'll it's, it'll it be something that we make at six a.m. the day before we record. <laughs> yeah, it takes, it takes email it. Yeah, <laughs> we'll pull up the cliff notes. Or stay until like 9 a.m. be like, ah, oh, I just woke up sending my paper that I finished last <laughs> night. Had a good night's sleep. Wasn't writing anything. Yeah. All right, well, uh, yeah, come back at us in two weeks to catch that. Come uh, at us. Come at us. Hey, <laughs> we are ready come. for a fight. <laughs> come at us. Come at me, bro. Come um, on me, bro. This week, uh, we're doing a mini episode. I proposed this topic, mm-hmm. and uh, before I did this, I also it's also my excuse to um, force uh, my two friends <laughs> to sit through a movie that I and also to be honest, like it was equally cringy for me because I had to tell you guys that I liked this movie yeah. as a kid, um, so I didn't enjoy it either. Lee, can um, I be kind to you? 
Yeah. It sucked. Yeah, I know. This movie fucking well, blows chunks. But I could, I could, I saw what you were talking about, though, when you were just describing, like, I could see a kid watching this movie. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree and with feeling, you. And feeling aspirational about if what they saw. If I were a child and saw this movie on TV, I would be like, yeah, I hope this is what my life is Same. like when I grew yeah. up. I don't have a discernible job. <laughs> I'm, you know, okay. I have my own apartment. Listen, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah. So what we did what we was... Did. We sat through a movie that I uh, watched as a child, uh, and so much that I had to track down, I think, a VHS tape for it, which is why I thought I owned it, but I don't anymore, because it was on VHS. It <laughs> <laughs> a VCR. Yep. Um, but I did this because I was thinking about uh, movies, or things that you saw as a kid that you just sort of, like, latched onto and thought, wow, this is what my life is going to be like. Mm. This is the kind of adult that I want to be. I can't wait till I'm this age. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, for me, this was, uh, I mean, among other things, a movie called Dream for an Insomnia from 1995. Um, it's got Jennifer Aniston just coming hot off of Friends. Yep. Um, like season but she's one. she's the lead, yeah. Well, yeah, 94. So she would have probably, this, this was filmed in 95, is that what we said? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean, she probably, this probably would have been after the first season of Friends. So at the time, she probably would have been a pretty big deal still. It wasn't like the phenomenon that she later became. Right. But Friends <laughs> was a hot show when it first started. So like, she would have been, you know, a pretty good get. Mm. But probably at the time still cheap enough to do shit like this. Well, and yeah. to play a second fiddle to one Ione Sky. Yeah. yeah. It's got some other guy. Yeah. Ione Sky, Mackenzie Aston, Michael Lindis, who apparently only I know. Yep. Um, and I don't know anyone, so go figure. Nope, never heard of him. Um, is, but he a, yeah. is he a Lee's boy? He's not really. I mean, he kind of is a Lee's boy, maybe. <laughs> but he's not really He's not really in the same category, because Lee's boys are much like Karen's boys, older and right. not really attractive. <laughs> Just me, I like him. <laughs> He gave me Michael Showalter energy in this yeah, movie. Yeah, he's maybe a, maybe he's grown into a Lee's boy. If we look checked in. Oh, yeah. Let's see what, like, yeah, let's find his ground. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So, this movie is awful. Yeah. Um, it's w- way... Unequivocally. Not that... I, like, I knew. Crap. I knew I wasn't going to like it. I, ju- I haven't seen this movie in over 10 years. Probably, probably 15 years. I could um, see how a lot of the reasons that we would ding it now are things that I probably would not think of. Yeah. As a kid. Or really have been able to articulate, really. Because I... I feel like even even the parts of this movie that I think are kind of on the director not really knowing what they're doing, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have even figured what out that. No, you don't have the knowledge of filmmaking when right. you're young to be like, wow, this is shot really bad. Lee, do you want to just give a quick synopsis? Yeah, of so this is. is a movie about a uh, bunch of fucking hipsters yeah. in San Francisco. But like proto-hipsters, kind of. They're like because it's, it's the like 90s. before like reality bites, yeah. you know? It's the 90s. It um, had those vibes, though. They're yeah, all but it's like, like proto they're all like in a cafe at all times. It's this. They're, they're, they're it's like the two. The family that owns this cafe is like Italian. They're like highly Italian. Yeah. How, and, how, Lee, how do you know they're Italian? Well, they're obsessed with Sinatra. Oh. <laughs> also, the cafe is named Cafe Blue Eyes. Also, the movie's in black and white until the lead actor walks in. And well, like, no, not until he walks in. Until she. Till, sees till she. That's right. Till yeah. she. Till the main character sees that he has blue eyes, and then it does this like. Awful effect where his eyes go like white walker blue yeah, purple. Yeah, like and then terrifyingly blue color and then it fades to normal color. Yeah. And again, just if you're thinking of that happening gracefully or in a way that's not jarring, just remember this was happening in '95. So yeah. no. And the, TL- the TLDR is Ione Sky and Jennifer Aniston are actors. They're going to LA in three days. Then Mackenzie mm-hmm. Aston, this hot young writer, shows up. 
They get it off really well, but it turns out he's got a girlfriend already, and he's not ready to break up with her just because they are, are clearly really. So they've been together other. for three years. Yeah, that's really his reasoning. And also, um, he is definitely flirting with her, but does chooses not to tell her that he's in a committed relationship. Yeah, which is he literally choice. like tries yeah, to yeah. put her to bed, falls asleep in her room. Yeah, and, and then, like doesn't find anything. And then wakes weird. up and is like, "Oh shit, I have to go home." I'm right, really guilty. Right, and then she also says, "Like, why do you have a date?" He's like, he's like no, "No, not like that." Yeah. Which is like that's the time where you could say, "Actually, I have a girlfriend, yeah. and I view you as a friend." But anyway. <laughs> Anyway, she th- she then spends the next night trying to like seduce the shit out of him because yeah. she has no morals, nope, uh, or ethics about it. And um, they still like basically go on a date. Like they go to eat sushi. They're like linking like arms. Day, and they leave. Like... Yeah. yeah, and then she ends up going to LA. And then he decides later on he's going to quit his, his girlfriend, JC Penny model girlfriend, Penny model girlfriend, St. John's Bay, who doesn't think writing is a real job. Yeah. Um, and then they go to LA where they presumably both like become homeless in a year. Yeah, pretty because, much. Uh, Jennifer Aniston's the breadwinner. Well, Jennifer Aniston, who's doing yeah. racist commercials. Oh my she god! Plays an Indian woman advertising sheet condoms. As yeah. soon as that happened, I'm like, I'm okay with you failing at this. Yeah. Um, I, I I was never sure though. Was she was uh, Saint John's Bay girlfriend? Was she? Dunking on writing, or was she dunking on him working at the cafe? Um, no, I writing. think it was writing. Okay. Writing. She 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 says things like "love alone can't feed us" or something yeah. like that. Yeah, so I think it's just that like she. It's fine that he how, has a job now, but she knows that his prospect is to be a writer. Yeah, which that's she uses that's not how very, you know that she's not evil. meant for him. Yeah, she doesn't believe in art because yeah, she doesn't believe that like you can be an artist and not make a living out of it. Whereas I think. Because all of these people have no jobs and uh, are penniless, but somehow survive. Yeah, and Ioni right. Sky only believes in art. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Holy yeah. Trinity. Bono, Eddie Vedder, and Frank Sinatra. <laughs> so Frank Sinatra. One of these <laughs> things is not like <laughs> the other. Yeah. Um, God, what a lineup that would have been on 90s Woodstock. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, it was... Um, yeah, I knew it wasn't going to be good, but it was definitely a bad... The problem is, right, is that when I was a kid, I didn't know who any, like, in that Eddie, that Bono, Eddie Vedder conversation, mm-hmm. I didn't know who any of those people were. Right. And, yeah, there's that scene where they're, like, having an annoying quote-off, but they're doing all this. I don't know who half those people were. I mean, like, I knew the, some of them, but, like, not all of them. And I, all, I was just me thinking, like, wow, they're all so intellectual. <laughs> like, one day I'll be like that, and I'll sit in a cafe and... And just quote things, yeah, devoid of all things. meaning. But, yeah. Because that happened a couple times, I felt like... They keep having quote-offs. But yeah. they're not, it's never like, okay, let's have a quote-off. It's just like, bop, bop, bop. You know, like, I don't know. Well, Oscar she, Wilde. She, no, because the thing is, every morning... <laughs> it just like, starts different. that way. That's different. They have a quote-off with Mackenzie Assen, but then yeah. every morning she also like throws pebbles out of her cousin's window across right. the street. And then at one point she throws them in the window. Right. And yeah. he, like, into his apartment. And she needs to, like, she, like, I guess starts both of their days with, like, here's a tone-setting quote for you. Well, it's always <laughs> yeah. like, here's a dour quote about something, and he's like, well, it's a pretty boring thing to say. Right. And she's like, well, my life is depressing. Yeah, and yeah. then BJ shows, like... Hey, bitch! <laughs> yeah. Because he's gay, I think? BJ, her cousin's... I, I, BJ. It was, it was never clear, but uh, BJ, her, her cousin's be boyfriend. Best friend? Well. Yeah, I think he's roommate? best friend and roommate. Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure. I was getting some mixed signals from him. Um... So anyway, we don't have to like talk. The point, listen, I know it was a bad movie. Yeah, we don't have to belabor the point about uh, about the movie itself. But like, yeah, I, I definitely um, thought that it was supposed to. I Profound like, and insightful. Yeah, at the time, a lot of this speaking to that yeah. generation. So the quote, yeah, like the stuff, like the quotes. I just kind of went. I was like, oh yeah, like wow, she's like super smart, and they're all bantering together in a cafe about 
adult shit. Right. It's one of those remarkable things where they're bantering without saying anything, right? right? Because all they're doing is, like, saying things other people have said back and forth to each other, so they're not really saying anything. I also just, like, as as an embittered, uh, you know, like... 30 year old who didn't really get like the, the writing career of his dreams necessarily. I'm just sort of like, I was just, I, I, oh, I look at the quote offs. I look at a lot of the pronouncements, especially that Aoni Sky kind of indulges in, especially with her, like, if it's not extraordinary, I don't want it. And I only, yeah. I only like get what I want or change my mind. I think that I just think like, what an amazing substitution for having to come up with dialogue or like anything because you're just like, we'll just throw in quotes and then they're smart or we'll just have them make these insane childish pronouncements and then they'll just sound passionate and like really decided and. Um, what struck me, I think, the most was Ayumi Sky is a child. The way she acts. Well, also like she goes, she has two modes. She has Mm -hmm. like brazen. Like, I'm gonna... Like, in that... She comes in super hot on that blind date. In the right, like, the first scene that we see yeah, her in... She's like, listen, if you can't live your life to the fullest, then what's the point right, of living? Right, she comes off as super standoffish and is immediately like, just yeah. get the check, we'll go, we're done. While yeah. wearing... Yes, for Holly Golightly breakfast to Tiffany's dress. Tiffany's cosplay. Right, she's got, like, the yeah. long cigarette holder, the dress, the necklace, everything. And then the second Blue-Eyed David walks in, she, she instantly simpers into, like, hi. Yeah. I'm... I'm... Right. What is her name? I forget her name already. Uh, uh, Ava? No, it's no. not Ava, but she's like, I'm Ioni. I'm Ioni oh. Sky. I don't remember oh, my name. Oh, David. <laughs> that scene where he's like putting, she is an insomniac, it must be said, for reasons that don't bear explaining. I mean, that we don't have to get into it, but she's an insomniac, so there's a scene where David like takes her upstairs to her bed, reads her knockoff Dr. Seuss to try and put her to sleep, mm. and he's like, she's like, looks like she's asleep, so he's like, oh, great, go into bed, and falls asleep in the chair. And she, like, wakes up and, like, positions herself in the most sexual sex kitten position. With, like, her, like, curled up with her butt, like, raised slightly high, like, "Mm," and stares at him the entire night. Then when he wakes up, like, an hour or two later, he's like, oh, go, 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 see you in the morning. She's like... But it is the morning. <laughs> but it is today. And it's just, just it like, oh my god, like, who the fuck are you? Like, what happened to your icy exterior? How did it melt yeah. so quickly? Climate change? I also, <laughs> that sounds like something she would say for sure. Um, holes in the ozone layer? Um, I just also just love the idea that who knows how long she was in that insane position on the bed, just like arching her Yeah, back at least one hour, probably with, longer. To make sure I, both, her, I, both her tits and her ass was to camera. What I want to see is, like, she did that for the first ten minutes then she gave up when she realized he was like deep asleep <laughs> and then like when she sees him so she's like, like yeah. rushes into the again I right, sort of like when he leaves she like throws pebbles at her because it was like I can't move my back's asleep the jaws of life <laughs> BJ goes you got it girl um, yes queen what's nuts about about this watching us now is that like by the time I was like a sophomore in Emerson I was already like the polar like mm. I was already hating on we were already like, old enough to realize that like these guys. people are awful people yeah. right. to be them. Yeah. and it's interesting the comparison you you bringing up earlier um, how this had sort of like proto reality bites feelings mm. I had a lot of the same feelings about this movie related about reality bites which is A it makes me feel old as shit because I'm basically like shut the fuck up you dumb kids mm. but also just like Everyone just seems so like childishly clueless, and like I don't, I don't get how these people exist in the world where like I guess they all have jobs, quote unquote, sort of. 
But like Ioni Sky, does she ever actually do anything at that cafe? She gets two people cappuccinos. Yeah, really. she does get two people some cappuccinos, so you know. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's one of those things where like, yeah, she works at this cafe. First of all, this cafe is like the size of our apartment total. <laughs> and like there's at most, what, five people in there? Like there's no ever. fucking way in hell that this yeah. guy's making rent every nobody's, month. Nobody's having coffee in there anyway. They're yeah. About. yeah. So like, I don't know, maybe you could downgrade to like a stand and see how that goes, yeah. Uncle Leo. Anyway, so... What I thought this would be more of a springboard for is the idea is, like, what what sort of fiction, movies, or TV sort of influenced you in this way? Like, what sort of things did you see as a kid and be like, boy, I wish, like, I hope my life is like this when I grow I up. This and Frasier, man. Yeah. Frasier's a good one. Frasier was like, good for me. Like, that, if you were, uh, yeah, if, I think if you're, like, us, if you're yeah. people like us, Frasier was the sitcom you were, that's the one you wanted to be. There I mean, like, so why wouldn't sitcoms. you, right? Like, look at yeah. Frasier. Like, he's rich. He's yeah. got a great he's apartment. Got, he's got a fucking crazy-ass apartment. He has a city. job that requires, like, what, three hours of work each day? <laughs> yeah. And he's still rich enough to afford that apartment. And he's kind of a blowhard, really, in general. So, like, I guess you don't really have to be that good at your job. And he like, gets, no, like, the finer like, things in life all the time. You get to ha- hang out with Roz all day. Yeah, you just hang out with your friends. But it's like what city-aspiring people wanted to do. Right, right. Like, because, you know, there was, like, shit like that and your other options were like what like Roseanne and like other yeah, sitcoms but it's depressing. like depressing as hell I was right. a little I mean like to a lesser extent you even have things like friends like that too right. Right? or it's still like yeah. you're a young person in the city but you have enough time to like live I, around I don't know Park. how I missed the boat on friends I never watched I it. think that's because my parents watched friends so that's why I know so it. I guess. my parents didn't really watch friends which is how I also kind of missed a boat on it until college when like everyone I knew wanted to watch it all the time um, I think it's popular again now. It is, because it's, it's on streaming. Yeah, now it's on... It was on Netflix before now. Yeah. I mean, I feel like every time I watch it, I'm like, yikes, like, that that joke doesn't fly anymore. I think it's a complicated... I've seen a lot of Friends just because it's on TV, like, at all hours of the day. Um, there are elements of it that have not at all held up well. Um, but- like... Chandler's parent. Yeah, yeah, there is that. The fact that, like, Chandler is heavily implied to be gay for, like, the first season, but Mm -hmm. then isn't gay. And it's, like, a joke, I guess, that everyone in his life sort of thinks that he might be gay. But on the other hand, you have things like Ross's lesbian ex-wife. And, like, sometimes it's played as a joke where it's like, he married a lesbian. Isn't that hilarious? But then it's also, like... There is a, an episode where she gets married to her wife, which right. is, like, pretty nuts for a 90s sitcom. That, that is cool. like A lesbian wedding. And, like, for the most part, the joke is not that she's a lesbian. The joke is that she's, like, you know, her wife is, like, an antagonist to Ross, basically. Sure. So it's, like, it's not so much, like, pointing fun at that. It's more, like, of a character thing. Right. And so, like, again, I'm not going to, like, hold friends up on a pedestal and be, like, how progressive and woke when the entire cast was, like, six attractive white people. Right. Well, but, and like, also, like, they had exactly one black person on cast for its entire run. Right. But so, like, there were things... I I think that it did well, and there are things that do but, not. But I mean, we love Frasier, and you could say the same thing about Frasier. No, that's very true. Like it's you can't just like I mean, again. You're it's it's very easy to go back to shows from the '90s now and be like, wow, they were racist, right. and homophobic. Because, but like at the time, because guess what? We were, yeah, uh, and are still. It's also yeah. interesting to note that apparently, when Frasier was first being developed, the character of Daphne was expected to be like a Latina character. Interesting. And they liked Jane Leaves so much that they mm. rewrote it to be British, which is just like there would have been a person of color in that cast, but then they just Jane Leaves was Jane just Leaves. So... she would have been the cleaner. Yeah, right. Right. Again, like yeah, sure, she would have. Yeah. One would hope that like it would still have the sort of Niles um, Daphne relationship where you know it moves beyond that was eventually. It pl- was it always planned then? I don't think it was always planned, but there's always like from the get-go there was always like Niles is in love with Daphne yeah, yeah. and like I, I don't think they knew how it would go. I wanna, that's one thing I think about really is I want to rewatch that arc. I want to like have someone do like the YouTube supercut thing so I don't have to watch all, <laughs> all eight, eight seasons of Frasier to get to that point. I always loved on that show Lilith. 
Played by BB Newworth. Oh yeah, Lilith's great. She's Lilith's amazing. Great. Yeah, every time yeah. she shows up, it's a delight. And you never see the you never do see it. Maris, right? Maris, no, never. Which is great. That's such it, a good I, joke. I honestly, whenever that joke can be pulled off well on, in something, I really love it. I think the unseen character is like a great sitcom thing that I, I wish people would do more often. You right. know, like it's always just sort of fun to have this one person whom you never see, but just and like by the time you get to the end of the series, they become so ridiculous that like you can't cast them <laughs> because like no actor could ever embody everything about. This character, right? I don't know. I, I like. I guess I respect it, but I'm always going to be the person that is going to want to see them once. <laughs> I'm always. I'm just. I know. Just get a taste. Maybe like in the finale, the yeah. series, the series finale. I I'm, I'm the same way with like a lot of things. I just like it's. It's the same. I think it comes from the same instinct as like spoiling yourself on stuff before you see it. It's mm. just like, yeah, but I gotta know. <laughs> they mostly did that, or they at least did it on Veep for a while of the unseen president. The president, yeah. Yeah. Um, the only other show I can think of, I I don't have like a, a tremendously steady memory of like what I looked up to as a kid in terms of like what we we're talking about. But the earliest I can remember was when I was in middle school and uh, watching Felicity for the first time. I guess it, this was probably I don't think I know anything late middle school, early high school. More likely, but... You had a fantasy of getting a haircut and everyone would be mad at you? <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I would just cut my really long hair. Cut it all off and everyone's like, boo, what do you do? Get off TV. <laughs> we won't see you for 20 you years. No place on screen. Um, but no, I... Just because... Well, A, the main character is this, like, very sensitive, like, very... Arti- and it's, so it's easy to project yourself there if you already want to believe that's what you are. And it's, it's, it's just a story about, like, Felicity, this, like, very earnest, or, like, uh, graduate is headed off to, it's not NYU, it's University of New York. Right. Mm. And, you know, she just, it's sort of, I guess that you could say it's, like, a college-age drama slash soap opera, just because it was, it was mainly from her perspective, but she had friends, and they also had, like, struggles, and you just go through that. But... And they had a lot of the hallmarks of, like, there was one place where they all hung out, and um, it's, I don't know, like, I just imagined, like, oh, and I'll make friends with all of the, like, quirky roommates that are in my dorm, and just, like, no, that it's, yeah. <laughs> it is not to be. Do you know what, another one, a later one for me, um, but one that, once I decided I wanted to do, like, film, uh, State and Maine was sort of, like, another, like, you wanted to be, like... Be... Like, that's the life I want to live. Okay. Like, I, I mean, even though State Maine's, like, a huge satire about yeah. filmmaking, like, I, I just enjoyed the people. Like, I really liked Bill H. Macy in that movie. I like that movie in general. I do just remember... Who's the the one just, like, really talentless act? Isn't it just it's, um, someone's wife? I don't remember. Uh, I thought you were thinking about the... I don't remember if the talentless actor is... There's, like, a woman, and I think she owns, like, a store in town, and... Oh, she wants to be, like, an extra or something? Yeah, but she's, like... No, but it, she's, like, someone's romantic... I think she's, um... She's someone's romantic interest. Oh. And the actress is in real Paul life. It's Seymour Hoffman's yes. interest. And she's is just... She a actor? I just remember that she's, like, also very smart and, and writerly like he is. I think the character... Is that I'm saying? Are you I, saying the, the actor, actor playing that? her is terrible? Maybe it's Rebecca Pigeon. Is that who you think? Yeah, it is. <laughs> I think she's name. the director's wife. Uh, who's the director of this movie? Mamet. I think so. Is it? Is it did, it's at least based on a Mamet. Mamet. It seems like someone who has had many wives. Yeah, I was going to say, which Mamet wife would it be? It is. She is married to David Mamet. Still. Yes. Wow. Good for her. <laughs> also, why? Hanging David on for that Mamet. one. 
Good lord. Ride that gravy train. He was married to a woman named Lindsay Cross, divorced in 1990. He married Pigeon in 1991. Oh, so, so two really, wives? Really soon. That's uh, fewer than I thought. Yeah, Me fewer too. wives than I would think. Yep. Just because he seems like an unlivable asshole. Person well, because most of his around. plays are about huh. uh, bad marriages. Dumb, dumb women. And just like hating women. Yeah. <laughs> Bunch of dumb women who are trying to trap you in a sexual harassment lawsuit. Well, and then later he would write plays about like racism. I don't see what the big deal is. Yeah, he's a great, great I can't believe that one won the Tony. <laughs> Racism, what's the big deal about David Hammond? <laughs> Stephen had a lot of people, though. It had fucking... No, it had a crazy cast. What a cast. cast. Yeah. Yeah. Julie Stiles. Patrick Cohn. Parker. Charles Dunn. Clark Gregg. Mao. Coulson. Yep. Coulson himself. The heavens were dimmed for all the stars were in state in Maine. <laughs> yeah. Well, Miss David Hammond, I'm sure he was... Had sway. He had did. sway at the time to get a lot of good actors, you know, because he was like, you know, you fucking study him in school, David Mamet. Mm-hmm. Mamet. <laughs> Whatever. David Mamet. Yes. I don't know that I really had anything in particular that, like, I feel like there were no TV shows in particular that gave me some sort of, or movies, really, that gave me some sort of ideas to what I should aspire to or expect I feel like whenever we adult, do one of these, like, you I never have like, those I never have, I, no, I didn't I have don't. that. I'm just I, an exceptional child. I, I was. I, uh, I I'm think, the, the exception to every rule. Yeah, but then again, I was a very depressed child. Um, <laughs> I think that it was literally just something like, my thought would be like, I think it would be nice to live in a city. Like, that was literally right. all I had. Like, yeah. it was never like so specific as to be like, and I'm going to sit in a cafe with people and we're going to like drop bon mots all the time and it's going to be very enlightening and hilarious. I am, it was just like, I think cities are good. I'd like to live in one and I'd prefer not to be in the suburbs anymore. I am, I think, similar to Brendan. It's difficult for me to recall very clearly or strongly a lot of things I thought or felt as a kid. I think mostly just it just didn't stick or, I don't know, it's not like anything particularly bad happened. I think I just, like, it didn't stay. Well, your memories of your childhood didn't stay? Like, it didn't stay? Things you ingested? Well, no, no. I just mean, like, I had, like, unbridled anxiety for most of my, like, waking life, so I I was, and to a certain extent, I still struggle with that being co- like fully cognitively engaged with what's happening around me mm-hmm. because I'm going so many places anxiety-wise inside the head. I think also maybe I just approach fiction in a different way than some people do where like, like Lee, you've talked about like being interested in fan fiction, like yeah. occasionally writing fan fiction while I was just reading it. Like I don't fucking give a shit about that at all. Like I, well, plenty yeah. of people don't. No, I know. To. I'm just, and I'm not saying that like I'm exceptional in this way. I'm just saying yeah. like this is, I think, a difference between you and I. How like I just don't approach things from that way, and for the most part, like. I don't care to discuss hypothetical things about movies. Like, you know, like, I remember, like, like you know, like, if after, like, The Last Jedi, people are like, well, what do you think this bodes for The Rise of Skywalker? I'm not going to be like, well, this is what I think. Because, like, I don't fucking know. And whatever happens is probably not going to be what I think. And boy, was I right on the money with that one. But for in any sense, it's just, like, that that doesn't interest me. You know, like, it's not like I don't care about fictional universes or I'm not interested about learning more about them. It's yeah. just that, like, I don't care to sort of, like think about them in that sense you know like i i will watch the things that are there but i don't really feel the need to seek out you know what other people think about them so much i guess but that doesn't sit like to me i mean yes we i agree we we interact with me a different way i don't think that liking fan fiction or, or theorizing about movies is the same as like is related to seeing something in a movie and being like, ah, that's what I want my life to be. No, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm just saying, different. yeah, yeah I'm I just saying that I do one not Yeah, no, I'm not saying that, like, if you do X, then you must also do Y. Yeah. It's more just like, I do that and also, like, uh, this is how I sort of approach fiction. I don't usually look at it in terms of, like, 
at any point was this an aspirational thing for me. It's more just like, I like this. This is good. Give me more of this, please. Well, yeah. I mean, maybe I phrased it badly, but, like, not all of the stuff that I watched. I mean, I think it's just that, like, we're all, I think we're all suburba, suburbia kids, suburban mm-hmm. kids. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, we probably didn't want to be after a certain, to a certain extent. Yeah. And... So, yeah, you just see things in, in fiction, and you're like, oh, that sounds nice. Like, right, it's, it's just like the idea of, like, living in a city where you can do, yeah, like... In, yeah. The, in the case of Dream for Insomniac, there definitely was an air of, like, well, one day I'll have friends like that, and we'll, right. we'll sit in cafes. And I get, I especially get that as a child, because, like, you're living with your parents, and, like, you have friends, but you can't spend all your time with them, you yeah. know? Like, you have to go home to your parents at the end I of the day. I might not have had friends at this point in my life. Well, and that's also possible. You're also young enough to hear what they're like, saying in that movie and be like... Wow. Again, <laughs> right. this is like pre PCC, I think, and I don't, I didn't have like, uh, like real friends or friends who were like my, uh, <laughs> what I would have oh insufferably boy. called my intellectual. I was, I was waiting for that to come <laughs> out because I knew that's what you're teeing up. Well, um, I had people that they would throw <laughs> me together with, right? And, yeah. like, and to be, to be perfectly blunt about it, uh, that you know, that's the age where they start separating kids by academic abilities, right. and it was me and all my friends. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was like the people that I normally hung out with were all in the other class. No, I, I had some of that too. Yeah, and, and I and I was shoved difficult. into a class with a bunch of like people who, if I was around, if I had the language that I have now back then, I would have called them all tryhards. Mm. <laughs> um, but they were all sort of like you know, type A. All the girls in those classes, which is what you're allowed to hang out with at that age because boys won't talk to you anymore at that yeah. age, even though you play video games. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're, you're a capital N and not like other girls. Exactly, right? Um, all the girls were like in the fucking, playing like fucking lacrosse or whatever the fuck sport girls play. And it's like, you know, and then they also do the cheerleading and then they also do XYZ and play an instrument. And I'm just like, you know, coasting through high school uh, or junior high school, like doing essays the night before and then playing Star Fox 64 the rest of the time. And it's like, I had just no one to talk to really. So, so there was that, but like PCC was the, that is when like, cause that's where I've t- talked about how my first AOL screen name was the Snellic Beatnik. Of course. Oh yeah. Part of it is probably Dream for Nets Omniac because she wears a fucking beret for a lot of this. Yeah, she does. Movie. And San Francisco is associated with the beat scene. Mm. Got a lot of looks going on in this movie. But yeah. I guess like what I mean is just the idea that like as a child, it is almost kind of a fantasy. The idea that like you're not with your parents, you're in a completely new place. You've met all these people who you seem to be bonding with really. So like yeah. just in a general sense, like yeah, I totally definitely get that. Like I don't see it specifically for me in this movie, and I don't think this is something I would have responded to as a child whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But like in a broad stroke sense, like yeah, I totally get why you would watch this movie as a kid and be like, boy, this is it, like this is what I need someday. Yeah. It makes sense. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh there's other things, definitely for sure. It wasn't just this movie. Like again, Frasier was like that was the model. That was like the sitcom because you watch a lot of sitcoms in, in families because you're with mm-hmm. your parents at night and you watch shows. Right. And that was the only one that reflected a future that I <laughs> like enjoyed. Yeah. Fair. The other, I'm trying to think of like other sitcoms that like would have been contemporary. I'm trying to like what else did my parents watch? Like, well, I, I mean, obviously there's that like um, not the ones that we that they watched, but like uh, wait, I just wanted to call Finn Mendes the Sunday, but the one with fucking Leonardo DiCaprio. Growing, oh, growing pains. pains. Yeah. That was a huge one that um Yeah, Growing Pains was I think a little um, more geared toward like high schoolers high, than was, parents. Yeah. Yeah, home so. improvement. Dad didn't I never watched Home Improvement. I never watched it. My parents really never watched it, I never watched step it. By you step. Never watched anything on ABC. I truly cannot think of anything on ABC I ever watched. I mean, Maybe. Seinfeld, but, like, you didn't really want to be like that, did you? No, I mean, I think, but, like, even as a kid, you can identify that, right? Like, you'd realize yeah. that, like, this is a funny show, but you don't want to be these people. Exactly. These yeah. people are jerks. Right. Although I did think, like, 
God, do most men just churn through girlfriends that quickly? <laughs> yes. Most unattractive comedians just, just do that well. Just getting it left and right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I think that that is one of those things, like, as a child, you can look at and realize, like, oh, like, no, this is not aspirational, but it's funny. I mean, I, I think that there are various shows that, you know, I enjoyed watching as a child. Yeah. Nothing that particularly was something that I looked at as, like, oh, someday I hope my life is more like this. It's it's hard for me to remember like what sitcoms I really probably enjoyed as a kid. Honestly, like I know like like I said, my parents watched Frasier, they watched Cheers, they watched Friends. I, I'm struggling to like think of what other sitcoms they would have enjoyed that I would have seen. You know what? One I kind of found a little aspirational, just mm-hmm. because I I think it was aimed at kids, but it was starring older kids. Was Clarissa explains it all? That yeah, because like, I did I think it was a lot of Clarissa. I did think it was really cool that oh, her friend just comes, comes up through, through the back window. window. Like yeah. I thought the whole deal was really yeah. awesome. I never watched that much Clarissa explains it all. Like I kind of know it through cultural osmosis more than I actually know it. It was a cute show. It was, and turned out Clarissa was a Republican. Yeah. Wait, oh yeah. Well, and she's now she does like God's Not Dead too, and yeah. Who would have thought that Clarissa would go there? <laughs> um, Excuse me. Yeah, I'm trying to think, but they're like because I don't think I had this, but like there a lot of the I feel like a lot of the really childhood things are like they they get like seven and eight year olds to watch shows about kids in high school. Yeah. Right. Meant to also be like, like Boy wow. Meets World. Like, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, that's true. I was never a Boy Meets World fan. I feel like I watched I it because it was on, but it was never a show I particularly cared about, you know? Like, yeah. I wouldn't say I went out of my way to watch it. Yeah. Like, I, I knew a lot of people that liked Boy Meets World, but yeah. I was never into it. It really. was never quite my thing, really. Um, yeah. I, I watched, like, occasional episodes, but I, I you know, I, I don't think I had that. I don't think there was ever, like, a. I think I. I don't. I think I was a weird enough cynical child where I was like, high school's not going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to be good for me. No. I mean, I feel like, again, like, this is something so much of the Seinfeld thing. You can watch this as a kid and, and realize yeah. that, like, this is an exaggerated version of what I expect. You know, maybe that's also, maybe it's also when you go into every show with that sort of lens on, that's why I don't look at shows and view them as some sort of, like, thing that, like, I might like to live my life like this someday. Because you know in the back of your head that, like, you won't. That's not how life is. Life yeah. is not like this. This is fiction. Fiction is different. Yeah. No one wants to see, like, what it is actually like living your life <laughs> yeah i mean i don't think that i i like really thought i i mean i don't know what i thought back then anymore because i was i was pretty dumb but like i don't think that i really thought like oh yeah this is exactly what life will be yeah. like but i think i i definitely did you could fantasize about seeing yeah. yourself in that situation yeah yeah i think i definitely wanted to be a person like any guy in that movie which is a horrible thought to think because yeah. now i'm like wow so i was gonna say i can't think of anything more anti-lee but i did do a turn like, do you want my holly golightly dress yeah i do cool. exactly. no but like i did do a turn at some point in my life where when i was young i i always like the word intellectual was not a dirty word to me and it was like yeah i want to be an intellectual and then i and there was a certain age where i like where i was like i fucking hate people who call themselves intellectuals i fucking hate it can't you just like enjoy fucking Bruce Springsteen and, like, watch bad television. Without like, intellectualizing who it. Who fucking cares? Yeah, like, it, it was when I, there was, a, I don't even know when that was anymore. It was maybe some point in high school, but, like, uh, there was, I went, I, I don't, at some point in my life, I don't really know what drove the, the switch, but, like, I used to want to be that person who fucking, like, read awful poetry, maybe, although it's never into poetry, but, like, you know, read complicated works of fiction and, and like, was able to quote them off the back Pat of yourself head. on the back court. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, like, have Shakespeare on the back pocket at all times. Yeah. Uh, and then it, at some point I was like, uh, no, I like Jim Steinman's songs, actually, and I like them things that are really blunt and, like, big and drama, and I, I don't like subtlety. And, like, I mean, I like both things now, like, 
But there, yeah, there was like a weird turn that happened. You swung away. This, this was pre-turn. This was when I was still like, yeah, I'm going to be an intellectual cafe drinking motherfucker someday. <laughs> I feel like I can think of even fewer movies that would have affected me in that way. I mean, just because so many movies I watched as a kid would have been more genre in nature. And so they weren't things that you would like watch and be like, I hope my life is like this in some way, you know, because it's like, it's a sci-fi movie or a fantasy movie or a horror movie. And it's like... No, I really I hope my life's not really like those things. <laughs> well, then, yeah. Like, then, a couple of years later, I, I fucking randomly decided to watch Bringing Up Baby from, from like, Blockbuster. Uh-huh. And I was watching screwball comedies and, like, all these, like, old movies. And I was, like, Googling the TCM back catalog in a couple <laughs> months to see what I wanted to DVR. So, uh, that was a change, yeah, right? Yeah, that's like, true. You know, it wasn't, again, it wasn't, like... I don't, yeah, this was just like a weird case where I just happened to remember this movie and thinking like, oh yeah, I'll, that's the kind of person I want to be. But it wasn't like a, a the primary, like it wasn't the the major way that I interact with most things. Right. Like I didn't watch Bringing a Baby and think I want to be a dizzy table like yeah. Kevin Hepburn is. And... Right, I mean, it's also one of those things where it's like there's a difference between taking inspiration from this and being like, this is what life should be like. Yeah. Well, the thing is like this movie, unlike a lot of movies that I bring up from my childhood, um... This one I, 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 like, identified with in a weird way that I don't anymore. Mm-hmm. A lot of the other movies I bring up are things that, like, are just highly and irrevocably informed my taste. It, what, for better or for worse. Right. This is not one of those movies. No, and I, I mean, that's two different things you're talking about. Completely. Yeah. Like, there's between a movie that, like, you liked as a kid and versus the yeah. sort of thing that... I feel like we maybe did a meaning on that. I don't remember. It's, I think we've talked about like things that define you. Yeah, from when you yeah. Were it sounds like you kind of just went through like this was a part of a, a phase, a thing, a, a kick you were on. I don't even think it was. Like I couldn't tell you anything else that I watched around that time. Yeah, I think it, it's probably like to me, and I don't want to speak for you. It feels like it's one of those things where like you just happen to see this and you yeah, think like, I did. cool, great. It was on TV, and I. It was one of those things where it was on you know one of the cable stations yeah. we had, and so I caught it like halfway through. Mm-hmm. And so then I had to like search the TV schedule mm-hmm. or the TV guide whenever for, like, it was coming yeah. again, yeah, so, so that I could get it. the rest of it. And yeah. then like years later, when I had buying power and internet, I was able to buy it on VHS because mm-hmm. that was the only format you could get it at the time. Yeah, and so I finally owned it. And so I think so, to some extent, the rarity of it kept it in my mind longer than it would have normally. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, definitely. If it's something you can't watch with any sort of regularity, you, like, watched it yeah. twice as a kid, and you have these vivid memories of it, so you keep thinking to yourself, like, oh, boy, this was really something. This was, like, you know, something that would merit watching again at some point. So, yeah. obviously, it's just the, the build-up to it. There's another movie uh, from, like, the TCM era of my life that I have... I think it was the one that I had to buy recently on iTunes. It was the only way I could watch well, it again. What was this one? It's called The Law and the Lady. Oh, yeah, you told me. And that was another, like, up. elusive I quest where yeah. I, I I had to watch it on TCM, and then, like, I remember I had to, like, put on VHS. I had to home record it yeah. on a VHS tape that I had. And eventually that VHS tape broke, and then I, I thought I had it on DVD, but I guess I don't because I can't find it. And then I, I eventually, like, a few months ago, I think, I was able to find it on iTunes. It was the struggle to get it working on iTunes to even, like, watch it there. Because iTunes doesn't really work that way anymore with movies. Like, I think it exists, but nobody does it anymore. Uh, well, because on the Mac, at least, it's spun off into, like, three different apps. Because, yeah. like, iTunes is, like, the store where you buy things, but then, like, movies is the app that you used to yeah. watch things, yeah. And it's, like, it's definitely not that good of a movie. But it was worth <laughs> all the effort I put into watching it again. But uh, it's because of that, the way that it came into my life and how hard it was to obtain, uh-huh. it is, like, something that, like... Uh, 
I can't, I don't want to forget. I did this with a song the other day, too. There was, um, I had a moment where I was listening to a song, a new song, and I was like, this sounds like another song. And I drove myself nuts for an hour going, like, what song was it? And then I, I just miraculously remember what song it was. It was this group called The Eels from the early 2000s that I don't, maybe they still do music, I don't know. But it was like a hot song for a hot minute back in the day. It was in a few movies. And I, I immediately favorited it on Spotify. And I keep looking at it now. It's like a few weeks back in my like adding songs. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, the only reason I'm not going like, I don't like this song. I just didn't want to forget that it existed. <laughs> because I tell, it's like, what if you I forget it? just wanted to catalog it. Yeah. What if I forget it again? And then I have this moment again and I drive myself insane. So I think there's an element of that in some of these things that stick in my brain. But yeah, that's, I don't know. It's, that's all I really got. But yeah. You know. Would we suggest watching no. this movie? No, I mean, no, no I, 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 I basically <laughs> explained like, why not. Clockwork Orange, yeah. To watching, there's this. no. I mean, there's no. Like, this is the thing. Like, this you had sort of like mentioned. I remember a while ago. Like, oh, like maybe, like I don't know. This might be worth doing an actual episode of. Maybe not. And like, you're right. It's not. It's not worth doing because like, no. there's nothing to fix here. This is yeah. Like, I, mean, I, I don't know what I would even do. And I would have it maybe be about the gay character entirely, <laughs> and just like. How insufferable everyone well, else. Do you know what? Do you know what the real thing is? Is that uh, the w- one big revelation is this is way more amateur than I thought. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. super amateur. It's, it's like it's, it's like almost like a Charland level movie, like the kind of shit that he would drag <laughs> yeah, up from yeah. the depths and put on TV. It is. I mean, the only thing I think that separates is that there are actors in it who like have done yeah, things miraculously you know. yeah. too. Because exactly, because it's the same sort of like quality as those types of. Movies. No, it isn't. Like when we're watching this, Chris says it feels like a play. Like this definitely it really does. This definitely feels like the author wrote a play first and then turned it into a movie because there are like three locations in it. Mm-hmm. All of the shots are static. Yeah. They go to the beach one time. Yeah, they go to the beach one. Like it's, it seems like they leave the building that has the apartment and the cafe in it like three times tops throughout this movie shots never move the right. station the, the, the camera is always stationary it's super sound stagey at various points too like the cafe is very clearly a sound stage the exterior is very clearly a sound there's stage there's back lots happening yeah like this this feels so much just like some sort of low budget like you know some entrepreneuring producer f- like saw this play off off Broadway and was like perfect hey, like hey here's yeah. four million dollars do you want to make this into a movie and we'll throw at some film festivals and it never happened because it was crap. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, come back at us in two weeks. Get uh, back at us. We're gonna do. Uh, come on, me in two the weeks. Opposite of this, and we're gonna watch a movie God. about the insufferable kids we never were. That's right. <laughs> kids that even at that age we would have been like, "What a fucking mm-hmm. shit this kid is." You, yeah. you understand? We're gonna have to place them on the Naomi and Eli, yeah. Zach. Yeah, and they're all gonna get on Sarah. The, the what is that? Um, Dash yeah. and Lily Dash scale. And Lily, yeah. yeah. That is like the X and Y axis. You've got like Dash and Lily, Naomi and Eli on the other one. It's <laughs> like where do you enough. fall? Yeah. It's like enough go, to be charming versus insufferable. You're right. <laughs> Oh boy. Uh, Facebook.com slash whywatchpodcast is our Facebook. Dropback.com is our website. You can subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. Bye. Bye. Bye.